I just want to just continue on on uh, what we've been talking about for the past few weeks, which, which is the blessed life. How many people want to live a life that others would, would consider to be blessed? Anybody? Like, if I have the option of living a blessed life or a cursed life, which one do you think I am picking? Now, I've been called silly. I've, been, I've even been called dumb before. But, but, but mama didn't raise no fool. If I have the choice, I am going with the blessed life. Amen? And I've been enjoying this series because we talked about various uh, areas in our life where God has blessed us. We talked about the ability and, and, and the amazing opportunity to dream big for our life and for the Lord. And then we talked also about this awesome community that we call our church family and the blessing that God has put on our life within the confines of the body of Christ, how we have one another to lean on, how we can bounce ideas off each other, how we can challenge each other. Come on. And even if we need it, we can correct each other in love. It's like a safety net to keep us on course. And if and if ever you're going off course, listen, I don't have one of these fancy cars with all the gadgets and the gadgets, okay? My truck is pretty plain Jane. Uh, the only thing upgrade that I have is I don't have to go like this to open our windows. And anybody under 20 doesn't even know what I'm talking about right now. But back in the day, you had to be buff to open up your window. But I was driving Pastor Mike's vehicle the other day, and, and, and I was just kind of like in the zone. You ever get in the zone? You know, like there's the zone of like focus, and then there's the zone of not focusing. And I was in that zone of not focusing. I think a song came on, and I was enjoying it. And I was thinking about springtime, and all the snow was melting. And I was so happy. And all of a sudden, the, the car started veering. And it went beep, 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 beep. And I was like, what is that? Like, there's a fire alarm in this car. This thing is equipped with everything. What is happening? No, 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 no. What happened is I went out of my lane. And it warned me to get back in. And first of all, it scared me. But second of all, I was thankful that it warned me because I snapped me out of that zone. And, and, and I was remembering how my church family is exactly like that. That if ever I'm going off course, I have brothers and sisters who love me enough to go beep, 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 beep. Get back on course, Brian. And so we are blessed to do life with one another, aren't we? Come on. Even the people that you may not like in church, I'm going to get real this morning, even the people that when you see sit over here, y'all go over there, they're a blessing in your life. Do you know why? Because they are grace growers. They are growing grace in your life. And here's the awesome thing. We talked about this a month ago. You're commanded to love them anyways. So even when we get silly, even when we blow it, we're still commanded to love one another, to be there for one another. And that brings my heart so much joy because I have a family that loves me, that cares for me, that's going to be there. And I want to talk about a subject today that's going to be a little bit different than what we've been talking about. But I think that it's really a, a, such an important key to living in a life that is blessed. And today's message, the title of today's message, if you're taking notes, is this. It's all about the heart. Come on, say it with me. It's all about the heart. Now let's make it personal and say this. It's all about my heart. Come on, say it with me. It's all about my heart. Because if your heart is right, 
your life is right. If your heart is right, your thinking comes into line with your heart and your actions are right, your speech is right. Come on. Everything about your life is right when your heart is right. And if you don't believe me, all you got to do is pick this thing up right here, start reading, and you will find from front to back scriptures that back up this idea of having the right kind of heart. So although we've talked about uh, different topics today, I want to talk to you about your heart, and in particular, I want to talk to you about the idea of giving. Oh, here he goes again. Listen, offering's been taken. I'm not asking for money. What I'm asking for is that we all get to a place where our heart is in the right place. And if you just moaned and groaned when I said that, then I got good news for you. This message is tailored just for you. Come on. Because I used to be like that. I, I used to be like one of these people that would hold on to his wallet uh, and, 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 and clamp it closed. And I even got one with a zipper on it. I could put a lock on it because I was like, listen, I work too hard for, to give my money away. Right? And, and, and so although I will talk about finances today, the main issue is going to be about your heart. Come on, say with me one more time. It's all about my heart. All right. So here we are. So giving is all about the heart. And I'm going to show you today uh, one of the most famous scriptures. And I thought maybe, uh, Esther, you were going to go there. And I thank God that you didn't. Um, but, but, but I'm going to go there today. I, I'm, I'm going to use a scripture that is often used for giving but I'm going to take it to an angle where I'm going to prove to you today that it's more about your heart than it is about money, okay? So we're going to take a look at two verses. One of them is the main verse. The second one is a parallel verse, okay? And so I'm going to start off in Matthew 7, chapters, uh, chapter 7, verse 1 and 2, and it says this, Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Everybody got that? Okay, let me ask you a question on these two verses. Do you see the word money in these verses? No, no, you don't. Okay, all right, so, so, so let me ask all of the smart people this morning, what do you think that this scripture is about? They're all like, oh, he's got, this is tricky. Oh, what does it say? Put that scripture back up for me in the back there. Judge. Okay, good, right? You're like, judge? Is it judge? Is it? Like, this is me all through my high school career. Uh, judge? Maybe, yeah. Judge not that you be not judged. Okay, listen, look at this. Judging. It's about judging. Let me just clarify that. It is about judging. Everyone who said judging, it, it was the right answer, okay? Now, if you don't think that this particular scripture is about judging, I want to read it to you just one more time, but I'm just going to emphasize the word judge, okay? Are you ready? Here we go. All right. Judge not that you be not judged. You with me? Okay. For with what judgment, I, I, I'm trying my best here, you judge, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Okay, so again, do you see the word money here? All right, so we can agree that this passage is talking about judging, correct? Okay, now I'm going to go to another scripture 
that is kind of the same, but just a little bit different, and it's found in Luke 6. And it says this, judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and it will be forgiven. Now, this is the good part here. Give, and it will be given to you, right? All right, you understand that, right? Give, and it will be given to you. Look at this. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will it be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Okay, so let me ask you one more time. These two verses here, what are they talking about? And the answer is no, it's not money. It's not money. It isn't, right? It's talking about what? Your heart. Exactly. It's talking about your heart. Now, the part that I really, really love, and uh, uh, Matthew, I'm going to make a confession this morning. I've been guilty of this. I've preached this just about money. Because when you say things like, come on, it's time for offering. And Esther got up here, and she reads the scripture, and she goes, give, and it will be given to you. And she's got her hanky, and she's dabbing her forehead, and she's just giving it. It sounds good, doesn't it? How many people would just really love that? Give, and it will be given to you. And here's the thing, is that yes, 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 give, and it shall be given to you. But here's what I want you to focus on, is this word, Give. Give is a verb, but it doesn't necessarily say what. We talk about judge, right? You'll be judged, condemned, you'll be condemned, but forgive, you will be forgiven. And then I know where it just says give, and it will be given back to you. And what I've come to reason in my mind is that whatever I give in life is what's coming back to me. It applies to money, right? It does. I'm not doing away with everything that we've taught. It applies to money, but it doesn't just apply to money. I would be remiss. I, I, I would be mistaken if I just preached this about money and said, if you only give money, you're only going to get money back. Yes, right, when we give, generosity is open, the, the heavens, a window are open. We understand all of that. But at the same time, if you give judgment, even in your heart, guess what's coming back? Judgment. If you condemn people, you look at their life and you dismiss them, guess what's coming back? This is a biblical law that we have got to understand. So the tricky part, right, is that every time that I hear Luke 6 preach, it, it, it mostly is about money, right? And I've even used it from time to time out of context, and, and I'm happy that I've been corrected. But it's actually about judging, and it's actually about your heart. And so when we're talking about that whole press down, shaking together, and running over thing, I really rejoice when I hear that preached about money. Because I don't know if you know this, but in old days, when you used to have a field, you used to leave the corners of the field for the poor. You never harvested the corner. And so those who were less fortunate, didn't have the fields of their own, were going through a tough time, could come to your field with a basket, right? Come on now. And, and they would reap whatever they could reap. And so you had one basket, and oftentimes that field was miles and miles and miles from your home. So you had to walk, and so you didn't want to make multiple trips. So what did you do? You put it in the basket, and then you would press it down. It's like me at an all-you-can-eat buffet. Come on, my friends. 
I try to press it down, shaking over. I shake that plate, make sure there's room for more. It's running over. It's slopped. Listen, this is what this is talking about. And so those in these days would understand what he was talking about. And so when I judge, when my heart's in the wrong place, guess what's coming back to me? Not just a little judgment. Judgment that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And so it's about our heart. And I don't know about you, but particularly in these days that we are living in, it is so simple and is so easy to get your heart all twisted up, man. We have opportunities every single day to be offended. I mean, we live in a culture of offense. I'm offended. You're wearing jean shirts. I don't like the color. Right? I'm offended this. I'm offended. That's all I hear. I'm offended. I'm offended. We live in this culture today. This is where we're at. And, I, I, and here I am, like, you know, just trying to follow Jesus and love people and do the best that I can here while I'm on this earth because let's, let's be real. Life is short. Come on. Life is short. We think it's long, but I was just talking to a young kid here on Wednesday, and, and he was 16, and we're talking about life. And then I realized, OMG, as the kids would say, I'm turning 40 this year. And we were talking about, like, talking about school, and I told him, oh, yeah, when I graduated, I was like, that was in the year 2000, and I'm realizing I'm talking to a kid about graduating who wasn't even born yet. Perhaps his parents hadn't even met yet. And I'm thinking, man, life is too short to live offended. Life is too short to be judgy, judgy, right? And on top of that, that's not what I'm called to do. It's not who I'm called to be. And so I begin to realize that, man, this is not the kind of life I want to live. But there is a kind of life that I do want to live. And that is the blessed life. That is the life that is blessed by the hand of God. It's, it, it's the kind of, of blessing upon my life that I really am striving for. That, Lord, beyond everything else, I just want joy. I want peace, Lord. I don't want to partake in anxiety or fear or doubt, Lord. I just want what you want for me. And as I read the Bible, I find out that this God that we serve is actually for us and not against us. He's not working against me. He's not setting up traps and tricks to try to set me down. He's actually causing my life to go forward in a manner that he meant it to go and that is a good thing. Some of y'all don't know this yet, but this God that we serve at Capital City Church is a good God. Esther alluded to it early. He's a good God, and he does good. And this is the blessed life that we are talking about here. So it's not necessarily getting back to our scripture talking about money, but it can be applied to money because of the word it. Give and it shall be given. So I want you to remember that whatever kind of life that you are living, you got to remember that important word of it. What am I giving today? Because whatever it is, is the kind of atmosphere that I'm setting up around my life. It's the reason whenever uh, an offering is taken, we partake. Because we understand, yes, give and it shall be given. If I give of finances, finances return to me. But here's the, also the other good thing, is I give joyfully. Because better than just receiving that, joy coming back my way is awesome. It's great. It, do, you, do you ever find that people find that you are weird when you're walking in joy these days? Like, come on, we alluded to this last week. Why are you so happy? Why, why are you so joyful? Don't you know that gas is $1.83 a liter right now? 
Not if you go to Costco. <laughs> if anybody has a reason to be sad, it's me right now. Come on, I talk about my truck a lot. I maybe have to go to counseling about this. I have an 85-liter tank. And although Dodge, I, listen, I'm just going to say, for me, not for everybody, I don't want to offend anybody on a Sunday morning, for me, it's a nice-looking truck. It is. All the people who have Dodges go, amen. I'm one. Peter's still on the boat. He got a Dodge. I think he got forced into it. But you can attest to this. Dodges are not friendly when it comes to, to, to gasoline. I fill up my tank. It costs exactly $150. And then I drive it home, and I park it in the parking lot, and I stare at it because I don't drive it anymore. $150. Pastor Brian, why are you so joyful? How can you be joyful when it costs you $150? Because I don't live in this world economy. Because we heard it earlier, God supplies need. Right? $150. Okay. I want to share the hard part with you. You know that little gauge on your thing that tells you how many kilometers you have left? When I fill my tank, 85 liters, you know how much I have left? 392 kilometers. Now, if I drive in the city, which is what I do predominantly, now thank the Lord. Listen, his blessings are, are provided in many different ways. I only live about 4.2 kilometers away from home. I don't hit traffic, right? I, I, I don't pretend like I'm in races anymore. I don't have to beat the little lady on the scooter at the light who's looking at me weird. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to show off, right? But 300, come on, Pastor Brian, don't you know there's things happening all over the place? Don't you know? Like, all the snow's melting, and, and, and oh, man, don't you know, like, don't you know, there's no reason to be joyful. Yes, there is plenty of reasons to be joyful. Because we don't partake in the world's system. We partake in God's system. And when we partake in God's system, it's up to him to supply the, the need. Now, listen to me very carefully. There is a big difference between your comfort level and what need actually is. Come on, right? I could sell that truck. And I could go get one of those electric vehicles, or I could get one that's way better on uh, gas consumption and all that kind of stuff. I could do that. That would probably be the wise thing to do, right? I mean, there's all sorts of blessings, and, and, and a lot of times they're disguised in different ways than we even recognize or realize. So here's the thing. What's some other things that we can give out there? Well, I, I want to be a guy who's giving out love, because you know what I want to receive in my life? I want love. I need it. I crave it. I desire it. I want it. And so I don't go around just shutting everybody down and, and, and creating a mess around me that, 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 that isn't lovable. No, I, I want love, and so I give love. And I give love to people who don't deserve it in my books, and I give people who shut me away. Sometimes I literally, come on, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes I literally have to love the hell right out of somebody. You're going to try to push me away? I'm going to love you harder. You're going to curse me? Go ahead, try. I'm going to bless you. You're not for me? Well, guess what? It doesn't matter because I'm for you. <laughs> Come on. And when everybody leaves you because you're miserable, I'm going to be in your corner. And I'm going to love you. And I'm going to love that. And sometimes I take it as a personal challenge because sometimes life gets boring. Netflix has nothing good for me anymore. Come on. I got, I got to need a project. I'm like, Pastor Mike, I need a project, but I'm not very handy with my hands, so I can't really build things. Great at destroying things, but not really good at building them. So I just decide I'm going to pick some. I'm going to love the hell right out of them. I'm just going to go for it. And it's fun. Man, it's happened a few times to me, and it is amazing. So, yeah, I can give love, and it'll be given back to me, right? So I need you to understand here today that it is a matter of the heart. 
And giving is so much more about money. Listen, like I told you, I'm not receiving an offering here right now. I'm trying to help you with your heart when it comes to the idea of giving. There's so much more than just giving money. We give our hearts to Jesus, don't we? Come on. Like, not a day goes by where I'm, I'm not thanking God. Lord, I give you myself today. I give you everything that's good and everything that's not. Lord, I give it all to you today. Help me in the areas where I need to grow, Lord. Expand the areas that are working well in my life, Father. Continue to help me. I give it to him. What else do I give to him? I give him my devotion. Come on. I'm devoted to him. I give him my attention. You know, uh, how many people just absolutely love it when you're having a conversation with them and they got their phone out and they're looking, they're like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, uh uh-huh. How many people love that? Doesn't that just make you feel so good on the inside? Right? Come on. How much more when we're doing our prayer time and devotion life and we have our phone right beside us and bing, 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 and Instagram's calling and Facebook is calling and, oh, did you see what happened over here? Listen, give him your devotion. Give him time alone. Watch how much he'll speak to you. It's amazing. Some of us have been believing God for things in our life, and if we would just give him our full attention and our full devotion, he's just been waiting to pour out that wisdom. I'm at the point now when people don't listen to me, I just be quiet until they give me their attention now. And I'm a patient guy. I'll wait all day. I can't tell you with a certainty that my face won't show my frustration, but I'll wait. Come around. Okay, so I have your attention now? All right, okay. So, right? I mean, come on. How many people? We, 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 we need to give God our devotion. We need to give him our attention. You can't even talk about prayer without talking about giving. It's a give-and-go situation. Come on. Everything in life is a series of events of giving. Every transaction, think about it. You go to Tim Hortons, what are you doing? You're giving them money for some coffee or a bagel. You go to the store, what are you doing? You're giving them money, right? You, you, go, to, you go to work, you know what you're doing? You're giving time, right, for a paycheck. Like, life is all about giving, and I don't understand why sometimes within the church walls we, we, we find it so foreign that as a Christian, our entire life should be devoted to giving, okay? And I'm not saying today, oh, uh, you know, empty out your bank. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about creating a culture or an atmosphere around your life that is centered on giving, just learning how to be generous. Look at this. What if we switched our mindsets and our hearts from giving to get to getting to give? Think about it. What if we just switched our mindsets? A lot of people, they, they try to give just to get back, right? That's the world system. But what if we just switch it? Lord, I'm going to try out there to get so that I can continue to give. And here's the secret. If you develop this mindset, if you develop this heart, It is a life that is blessed. That, my friends, is the blessed life. That you get so free in your life that you're not trying to give just to get back so that you can enjoy it and hoard it all to yourself, but you're actually out there and you are getting so that you can be a bigger blessing. That you're out there trying to encourage people, elevate them, lift them up, pray for them, bless them, do whatever you can for them. What if our mindset switched and all of a sudden we're not trying to just give to to receive, but we're receiving so that we can give? That's something impactful in this place. Come on. Look at this. 
I love this. Once you learn to give, it changes everything about your life. Everything about your life is changed forever. Acts 20, 35 says this. Paul was speaking. He says, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this. He was a tent maker. And you must support the weak, right? We need to give. We need to support those that need support. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You want to live the blessed life? you got to understand this, that the blessed life is a life that is giving. A life that is just going ahead and being generous with whatever resources the Lord has given to you, okay? So with that in mind, I want to go old school today, and we're going to turn to a book uh, that you might even not know how to pronounce properly, but it's Deuteronomy 15, because I want you to see how your heart can change when it comes to the idea of giving. Deuteronomy 15, verse 7 and 9 says this, If there is any among you a poor man of your brethren within any of the gates of your land, which the Lord your God is giving you, come on, recognize who gave it to you first, you shall not harden your heart nor shut your hand from your poor brother, but you shall open your hand wide to him, willingly lend him sufficient for his need. Whatever he needs, beware, lest there be a wicked thought in your heart, saying, the seventh year, the year of release is at hand, and your eye be evil against your poor brother, and you give him nothing, and he cry out to the Lord against you, and it becomes sin among you. Now, this is a pretty heavy scripture a little bit, right? A little bit, but, but there's a lot of truth in it, because the Lord is talking about our hearts. And there's a couple things that we're going to deal with in this scripture. And the first thing is this. When I said this, when it says, don't harden your heart. Essentially what that is, is that is don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. Now, uh, in times past in Israel, I need you to understand this. Every seven years, all debts were canceled. Now, I got a question. How many people would love to live in that economy? (laughs) Come on. Right? I, I, I could use some debts canceled right about now. That, would, that surely would be nice. And so the Lord's really talking about our hearts right here because he's saying, listen, if a brother comes up to you and is in need, but your heart, because we give from our heart. We don't give from our mind. We give from our heart. That's how we're supposed to give. But your heart thinks this thought, I don't think I'm going to give to that particular person because the year of release is coming. It's, 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 it's six years and, and seven months, and in just a couple of short months, the release is going to happen, and I'm not sure my brother is going to pay me back. I don't think I'm ever going to get that back. Do you know what God calls that? He calls it selfishness. He actually goes on to describe it as wickedness. And wickedness in the Old Testament can be referred to the same as selfishness. And so look at this. Do not let this thought come into your heart or your mind, okay? Uh, And I want you to see something. I need you to understand this. When we are born, we're born selfish, right? But when we are born again, right, by the blood of Jesus, we are actually regenerated. We're born into generosity, Okay, I need you to understand that. And if you uh, don't really uh, uh, believe me, then, then why is it that in the middle of the night, children just scream at the top of their lungs because they're hungry? 
Because they don't care about your sleep. They don't care that gas is $1.80 right now. They don't care that food has gone up 5 trillion percent. They don't, they, 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 I'm hungry, feed me. And this is the new thing. Did you ever recognize this? Everything in the world belongs to that child. Mine. Come on, any parents can relate to this? Mine. I'm like, oh yeah? So you got the job? You paid the price to get that? That's yours, really? They're born selfish. It isn't, you go to the park and little Johnny, their friend, shows up and they have a truck and what do they do? They grab it and they go, mine. They are declaring their ownership over something that they've never seen and does not rightfully belong to them. And how many of us still like to do that? It's cute at three, four, but it gets pretty tiresome at 30, 40, 50, 60. Come on, mine. So we're born selfish. We need to understand that. But when we receive Jesus as our Lord, we're born into a spirit of generosity. So I need you to understand that if you are born again today, your nature is actually wanting, desiring, and needing to be generous because the Bible says that we are partakers in his divine nature. And the, and the nature of God is a generous one. From the beginning of time, God has given. He's modeled a life of generosity. He extended grace to us, the Bible says, when we weren't even close to deserving it. And so his generosity knows no bounds. But we're partakers of that divine nature. So our nature is actually wanting to be generous. But it's the selfishness that we have to fight. It's the selfishness that comes knocking on our doors. The Bible says that. You need to deal with your selfish heart. That's the first thing that God said in Deuteronomy. You need to deal with a selfish heart. You want to live the blessed life? We're all going to need to deal with our selfish heart. Philippians 2 says this, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. There is one form of selfishness that... Uh, uh, I believe is probably the hardest one, and it mostly deals with men. Ladies, I'm going to help you out here. We men don't mind doing anything for you ladies, really, except for maybe one thing. We don't like sharing our food. We're in the process of redemption. Listen, I'm a pastor, and I would die for my wife. I would die for my son. But when one of them reaches over and tries to grab a piece of my food, Lord, help me have restraint. If you wanted it, you should have ordered it. You go to a restaurant, no, I'm not hungry. You're sitting there while they're eating your burger. I thought you said you weren't hungry. I actually went to a restaurant the other day that I thought was the most genius thing ever. They had all the things, and then at the bottom, it said, my girlfriend's not hungry. And so you order it, and you say, yeah, I'll take that with fries. And then they go, oh, is, is, is your significant other uh, going to be eating? And you, and you go, no, she's not hungry. And for $2, they give you an extra side of fries. I thought, these guys are genius. They have tapped into something. Listen. All jokes aside, we have to deal with our selfish heart on a daily basis. We have to deal with it. 
My wife does this to me all the time. She's like, oh, I'm glad you're ordering that. I wanted to try that. It's like, oh, I really wanted to try the pizza. And she orders, and the waiter goes, uh, it's like, uh, what are you going to have? I'll go, uh, I'll have the seafood special because I know she don't like seafood. <laughs> she looks at me, no, nah, I'm joking. I'll have them whatever she wants. You know? I'll just, just walk with my head down and just deal with all the scrapes and the leftovers. It's pretty much what I do now. I don't even eat meals anymore. I just follow my son around and wherever he leaves his cookies and his snacks and whatever it is. And the, the joy of it is when you find one that's been sitting there for three days. Got to go to the dentist because I crack a tooth on the three days a year old granola bars, you know? Just, we got to deal with this. We have to, okay? Selfishness is described as this, as being concerned excessively or exclusively with oneself. When you're only worried about you, that's when you've tapped into selfishness. Seeking or concentrating one's own advantage. If you're only doing things because what it benefits you, it's probably selfish. Selfishness, listen to this, will always attack before it is time to give. Any time in life when something is required of you to give, selfishness will occur. You'll hear things like this in your mind, well, I don't feel like it. I don't care what you feel like. Do it. That's what my dad used to say. I don't care about your feelings. Take the trash out. <laughs> under my roof. You ever get that one? You're under my roof. It's my rules. <laughs> my dad does not talk like that. He doesn't need to. He's got a wicked cool mustache that scares me, so I just do whatever he asks me to do. Love you, dad. What about this? Doesn't do me any good. Why am I going to do that? It doesn't do me any good. How does it benefit me? I'm too tired. I've got news for you. We're all tired. All of us. There ain't one in this room that ain't tired in some way. You might be tired. Maybe you sleep really well, but you're tired of someone's attitude. You're tired of the way that people are driving out there. You're tired of gas prices. You're tired of food. You're tired of this. You're tired. We're, we're all tired. We're all tired. Get over it, buttercup. There's stuff to do. Too tired. That doesn't fly with me. <laughs> My favorite. I love this. I love when people get spiritual about it. It's just not what I'm called to do. You might think that might, that might work here on this earth, but I dare you to try to use that before the heaven, the Father. If I only went by what my calling is, I wouldn't be dealing with backed up toilets and before septic tanks. Y'all don't even understand what I've been through to get here. I have literally had to crawl through doo-doo to get to this pulpit. Literally. Up to here on my new suit. Because at a women's conference, someone flushed something down the toilet that wasn't supposed to go there, and it blocked everything. And here I am putting my guitar down because I was uh, in the worship team out in the septic tank. Pastor Mike, this is the truth. Come on. Out in the septic tank trying to unclog that sucker. I'm just not called to it. I'm sorry you were only called to the prim and proper. Listen, ministry is not pretty. It ain't pretty. If God calls you to full-time ministry, you better make sure it's legit. Because it'll spit you up and chew you out faster than anything else out there. <laughs> I'm not called to it. I love that one. You're not called to move chairs? Chances are you're not called to this church. You're not called to serve in some capacity? Probably not called to this church. 
This is a church where all hands are needed on deck. This is a church with a vision. This is a church that is moving. We're not staying still. We're not sitting in a hammock just, come on. There's stuff to do. There's chairs to fill. There's a vision to build. There's church. This is just one church. One church in 11 locations. You don't think there's enough work to do here? Guess what? We got 11 more to go, baby. <laughs> Whoa, you can't be selfish. and be, It doesn't work. You got you to gotta deal with a selfish heart, man. I'm having too much fun. I blame Adam. He sent me a message this morning that fired me up. I don't feel like it. Selfishness is the easiest way to step out of the blessed life and into the cursed life. It's why we need to deal with our selfishness every day, all day. And the sooner you realize that it's not all about you. Listen, selfishness is a trap. You know why it's a trap? Listen to this. Because if you're not living in the blessing, you've decided that you can do it on your own, but you're not living in the blessing, here's what happens is that you feel the need to protect. Esther, this is where I got nervous. You feel the need to protect what you do have. And therefore, you're not generous with what you do have. You protect it. But guess what? That's the cursed life. God can't bless that life. He can't bless that heart that is just trying to be stingy. Nowhere in the Bible that it says, blessed is he who is stingy. We serve a God, El Shaddai, more than enough. We don't serve El Chipo, El Stingio. We serve Al Shaddai. And here's the problem. We get trapped in selfishness because we feel we don't have enough. And therefore, we don't sow seed. Come on. We don't sow that seed. We don't live a generous life. So what, what's happening is that we're sowing, we're giving stinginess, and therefore, we're receiving stinginess back. So our life is not blessed. So therefore, we need to protect it even more. And it's this crazy trap where all of a sudden you get into this loop of like, never having enough and never being enough and never being able to be generous because you feel the need that you need to protect everything that you have because that is what selfishness does. Selfishness makes you go into a cocoon and forget about everybody else. And it's a crazy trap, and I've caught myself in it, and I don't like it, and I don't want you to be a part of it. A heart that is selfish cannot be trusted, and a heart that is selfish will never live the blessed life. Number two, got to move on with life here you got to deal with a grieving heart. Deuteronomy 15, 10 says this, You shall surely give to him. Your heart should not be grieved when you give to him because for this thing, the Lord God will bless you. For this thing, the Lord God, why will he bless you? So that you can be generous, so that you can give, right? And in all your works and in all to which you put your hand, it's like that story of the Midas touch. Everything that was touched turned to gold, right? When you're living the kind of life that deals with the selfish heart and deals with a grieving heart and is not afraid to give of yourself, of your time, of your resources, of your finances, when you're living that life, that's the life that God says, hey, listen, that's what you were created for. Now you're living the blessed life. I want you to see something here. Selfishness will always try to attack you before you give, and grief will always attack you after you give. This ever happened to you? The Lord speaks to you, you give something, right? And then like without fail the next day, like the, 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 the washer breaks down or you need, <laughs> you need new tires. I remember one time we were in a campaign. I was a young guy. Uh, I, I had just bought a house. I had a mortgage to pay. I was like 24 years old. I had a mortgage to pay. And uh, I had a truck back then in that summer. 
gas went up to a dollar fifty. You remember that back in like the early days? There, that was the first time that gas went up that great. I don't know what is with me and buying trucks and then gas going up. I got to do my timing better. And so I sold the truck. I bought a car, and then and then I bought the car. And it was fall time, and then I realized I didn't have winter tires. And I lived in the country, and it was I've talked about this before, some fun times in that car. And I realized I didn't have winter tires. But we were in the middle of a campaign, and and I said, Lord, I, I'm going to pledge to give a thousand dollars. That was a lot of money to me back then. I was only 24, single, had a house, a mortgage, a payments. I lived in the country. Electricity was over $400 a month. Like what? I didn't even own a TV. Like where's my electricity going? I don't get it. Right? And I pledged $1,000, and I saved up, and I gave that. And then all of a sudden, the very next day, we had the biggest snowstorm that we had. I couldn't even get out of my driveway. <laughs> Just spinning. And all of a sudden, I had what I call giver's remorse. I had this thought, that $1,000 would have bought me winter tires. And then I missed a day of work because I, I, I could not get... I, I, Give us remorse. Right? And I said, Well, Lord, if I really believe what I've been teaching, somehow, Lord, you're going to supply that need. Two days later, someone gives me a call and says, Hey, you need winter tires for that car? Yes, I do. All right. Shows up, four brand new winter tires on rims. Whew. Right? Grief will always try to hit you after you give. That's why God said you have to deal with the grieving hearts. Here's the thing. Now that I'm a little bit older, I realize I can never outgive God. I can't. So when he speaks to me, I just obey because this is just... I've tried to fight it before. It just never goes in my favor. I say, okay, Lord, no problem. I'll give whatever. No problem. So at the end of the day, Lord, this is what you created me for. It's not mine. I recognize it ain't mine. Yeah, I do work hard. You work hard. I understand that. But at the end of the day, God's the one that gifted you with those gifts to do what you're doing anyways. It's all his. Giver's remorse can't be a thing for a believer. It can be a thing for the world, but it can't be a thing for the believer. That's why it says uh, uh, be a joyful giver. Be a cheerful giver. Because what is the antidote to grief is a cheerful heart, a joyful heart. When I give, I give cheerfully, right? I decide, I make a decision, Lord, I give this. It hurts, but I give. It, it, I, and I do it cheerfully because I know, Lord, you'll take this, you'll bless it, you'll multiply it, you always do, and my need is taken care of. So what? I won't eat at McDonald's twice this week. Big deal. I could probably use with never eating there again anyway. So what's, you know, whatever doesn't matter. God's going to take care of our need, okay? So we deal with what? We deal with number one. Uh, we deal with that selfish heart. We deal with that grieving heart. And then look at this. We're going to transition now. We need to learn how to develop a generous heart. You know what? I, uh, I, I was just thinking of something. I normally, I normally carry $100 beers, bills on me, um, but I, I don't have that $100 beer on me. I, 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 I always like I don't know about you, but it makes me feel rich. When I open my wallet, there's a $100 bill there. I like to show off. Thanks, Matthew. Matthew always comes through for me. Matthew, did it hurt you to give that? Come on, tell the truth. It, 
Did it hurt you to give that? A little bit? But I bet at the end of the day, it really didn't hurt him that much. And the reason is because I asked him to hold on to this before the service. Because here's the thing. It would only hurt Matthew if he thought for a second that this actually belonged to him. Here's the thing. A grieving heart when it comes to giving only happens when we think that it belonged to us in the first place. This is mine. I asked him to hold on to it before the service. I mean, nobody likes to see a $100 bill go, right? They just don't. Thank you for giving it back and not holding on to it, because that example would have went very sour very quickly. Hear that? He's got more at home. No big deal. I like to carry a $100 bill just to remind myself. And, you know, if ever the need presents itself, it's my blessing money, my stashies, I call them. Anybody have stashies? It's that secret compartment in your wallet that nobody thinks to look in. That's where I hide my stashies. Rainy day for a blessing for a family that's at Walmart, and you can tell the kids are just orangutans, and the mother's at the end of a rope, and she needs, here, blessing. It's fun. Pay for people's timmies. Pay, you know, I told you this. This is good. I appreciate that. You only grieve if you think that it belonged to you in the first place. You deal with that selfish. You deal with the grieving. And then number three, if you're taking notes, it's time to switch gears here. We develop a generous heart. Deuteronomy 15, 14 says this, You shall supply him liberally from your flock, from your threshing floor, and from your wine press. From what the Lord your God has blessed you with, you shall give to him. You see that? For what the Lord has blessed you with, you shall give to him. So you got to deal with that selfish heart. you got to deal with that grieving heart. And then you got to learn how to develop a generous heart. I told you earlier that we were born selfish, but then we're born again generous, right? Okay, so I need you to understand that. I need you to understand that, that everything is not mine. The Lord entrusts us. It's his. Everything belongs to him. It's all his. My house is his. My cars are his. Whatever he has need of, it's his. I don't just go, Lord, now it's mine. You know? We've got to understand that there is a way to develop a generous heart. And you know the way to develop a generous heart? is just to take generous steps. Just to give a little extra. Just to go out there and, you know, try it. I dare you. All tomorrow. You're at your favorite coffee shop. Someone's in front of you. Someone's behind you. Just reach over with your tap when they go debit and just beat them to it. Just tap and be like, I just want you to have a blessed day. Hope it's a good one. On a Monday. Do you know how many people this church right now could just bless tomorrow? As people go back to school and the kids are going back. It's, it's chaotic. It's been chaotic. Just, just, it'll cost you $2. Or if you're Pastor Brian, somehow you always get the person that orders four sandwiches and three burgers and it costs me 20 times every time. How do you order $20 at Tim Hortons? How does that happen? But guess what? It's about the heart. This is testing me. It's about my heart. Lord, hey, Pastor Brian, it's easy to be generous when it's only $1.75. It's, it's easy to be generous when you're just using your points from Tim Hortons. Free coffee. I didn't even have to pay. It didn't cost me nothing. Right? Not so when it's $23 order on a Monday morning. Okay, Lord. See, we got to put this in. The easiest way to develop a generous heart is just to do it. Just look for opportunities to be generous. Maybe your bank account's not where, where, where you, you think it could be or where it should be, where you're like, Pastor Brian, I, things are tight. Okay. Be generous with your actions. Hold the door open. You're, you're, you're running late. 
You want to beat everybody in to get your coffee? Just hold the door open for two, three people. Tell them, have a blessed day. Have a great day. Be kind with your words. Mondays, let me let you know on a secret. Mondays in the workplace, in other people's opinions, suck. It's the worst day. <sighs> Got to get through five more days to the weekend. Right? Be generous with your words. You see someone be like, hey, Tom, looking good, man. Brenda, how you doing? Man, you know what? I'm so happy you're part of this team. You are such a blessing to me. Just like captivate the room with generous words. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your effort. I appreciate you so much. I know people around here, maybe they don't appreciate you, but I want you to know that I see what you do and I appreciate it. You're going to make that person, they, they're going to feel like they won the lottery on a Monday. Uh, back to the grind. Then all of a sudden, someone speaks greatness over their life. You know why? Because they don't get that out there. They don't. Just learn to be generous by doing generous things. I learned how to be generous before I even had money to do it with. Right? You just got to do it. Just be generous. Nike has a good logo. Just do it. You want to be generous? Just do it. Just do it. That's all you got to do. Here's a few scriptures to back that up. Proverbs 11.25. I'm running out of time here. That's okay. I've missed church. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. You feel like no one's helping out? Maybe you haven't been helping yourself, right? You create the atmosphere over your own life. You are living the fruit of your life. The words you speak, the seeds that you sow, what you've done, what you're doing, you don't like it, guess what? There's time to change. I challenge myself all the time. Brian, you don't like what's happening around you? Do something about it. That old adage that I hate and love all at the same time. I see this on posters, like inspirational posters with like a horse or something. Be the change you want to see in the world. I think that's so stupid. And then I'm like, that's brilliant. Be the change. Be the change. You want to create generosity around you? Do it. I can't tell you how I've experienced God's generosity towards me. And I'm going to tell, I'm going to be honest with you, very little of it has to do with money. Very, very little of it has to do with money. But I experience generosity all the time. Why? Because I'm always looking for opportunities to sow. I'm always looking for opportunities to give. Proverbs 22, 9 says this, He who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. You see this? The Bible says, have a generous life. What does that mean? Look for opportunities of generosity. Just look for them. Here's the beautiful thing. They're around everywhere. Coley, I see you do this. You're a generous man. I see you show up on Wednesdays with a little box of donuts for the kiddos that are here serving used to do that all the time. And first of all, I was wondering, where's my donuts? But I used to see you walk in all the time with your little Timbit box, and you'd walk up to one of the Paul kids, and you would give them. Now, I got to talk to them, because never once did they share with me. That's just, they're working on it. They're working through it. They're doing it. Well, it was COVID. I couldn't have it. And thank you for thinking of my safety. 
They were immune to it, but not me. I'm in the older age bracket, I guess. Right? But I smiled. I don't know if you know this, but it blessed me. Every time I saw you, you were so proud. You know, you were walking in and you had that little box of donuts. And every time you would give it to him, especially Josh, I think he's in the back. He, he, like, he feels like he won the He's like, yeah, yeah, look at me. I got donuts. See him in the back there. Right? Generous. There's opportunities to be generous all around us. And here's the amazing thing. The words of the Lord Jesus, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You want to live the blessed life? It's a life of giving, my friends. It's not a life of taking and hoarding and saving. I don't want to get to the end of my life and look back and realize that the only thing that I left was a legacy of stinginess. Here lies Brian, the stingiest of all men. That's not what I want on on my tombstone. Something like this would be pretty cool. Here lies Brian, a man who tried to give it all. Remember we started with the word it? Tried to give it all. Lastly, I'm going to take two extra minutes. Learn to develop a grateful heart. You shall remember, verse 15 in chapter 15, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this thing today. Leave that up there, guys. Sorry. Leave it up for a second. I want you to take notice of three words. Slave, redeemed, and command. I want you to listen to me. We were not slaves in Egypt. But according to Romans 6, we were slaves to sin. And if you've accepted him, then you've been redeemed from slavery to sin. And now, therefore, because he has redeemed us, he is commanding us to give. He's commanding us to live a life of generosity. See, a heart that understands what Christ has done for them is forever grateful and will never forget that without him, we're nothing. We just can't. I'm going to put it this way. Don't ever get over getting saved. Don't ever get over getting saved. In Revelation, there was an accusation against one of the churches that says, you lost your first love. A heart that is stingy has forgotten what God has done for them in the first place. We cannot get over getting saved. Some, I look in this room, some of you, some of you have been saved longer than I've been alive. Let me admonish you, don't get over what God has done for you. It's the pathway to a grateful heart, and it's the pathway to a generous heart, and ultimately, it is the pathway to the blessed life. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Brian, I haven't yet made that decision to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I love God because he's in the business of heart transplants. 
He takes old hearts. And the Bible says he, he gives us a new one. Even though we don't deserve it. Even though on our best day we still wouldn't make the cut. We don't need to anymore because the Lord provided a way of escape. See, maybe you're here and you, you've been looking, you've been wondering, there's, a, there's like this emptiness inside, and no matter what you try to fill it with, it's just not cutting it. Maybe it's fun for a moment, but you know down the road, you know without a shadow of a doubt that it's not cutting it. Some people are so poor out there, all they have is money. And I've met people that are the richest people I've ever met, and they couldn't shake two pennies together to save their life. And the only difference is that they've experienced the saving grace of Jesus Christ. So here's the beautiful thing. We don't have to do it on our own anymore. We don't have to try to make it on our own, be a God unto ourselves. That's not what this life is about. Being a Christian is not about a religion and following rules and regulations. And if you do this, 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 maybe you'll get into heaven. The Bible is very clear that when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior by faith, the Bible says we are saved. And so today, with a very simple gesture of faith, we can say a prayer together that will open up that door for us. Step into a relationship with a living God that loves you, that has a plan for your life, and that has a life on this earth that is blessed. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Doesn't mean that we're immune from troubles or trials. But it does this, it does mean this that He'll never leave us, He'll never forsake us. And during all the highs and all the lows of what this life brings us, He will always be with us. And let me rest assured that if He's with you, you already have everything you need. So we're going to say this prayer together. Come on, let's say it together in faith together. Say, Jesus, thank you for paying the price for my salvation. I ask you to forgive me of every sin. I repent and I'm purposing to change the way I think and live. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, help me to learn about you and to grow in this kingdom lifestyle. I declare you're my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for receiving me. Amen.